Hello, my name is Jacob Hyman, host of A Day a Week podcast, a podcast of sorts consisting of readings of the works of Servant of God Dorothy Day, Peter Marin, and writings of the Church Fathers on the Social Kingship of Christ. Today, Dorothy's Lenten meditations throughout her writings of the worker have been found and compiled together. Each writing is sapient and can be meditated upon one by one. For this reason, the texts and links to their full articles are attached in the show notes, with timestamps for each meditation. In a writing, Dorothy says that Lent is the time to consider these things. Listen, then, to what these things may be. May your prayer, fasting, and almsgiving be fruitful, and may in these forty days you be close to Christ. Servant of God, Dorothy Day, Peter Marin. Orace pro nobis. From Day After Day, April 1935. Teresa this Sunday afternoon was full of the excitement of counting up her mortifications for Lent. She was beginning well, with zest and enthusiasm. What were her mortifications? Eggs and candy and silence. The first you eat, the second you don't eat, but you are allowed cookies even with icing on them. And the third, well, silent periods one must learn to enjoy because of offering them up. These mortifications were for the convent life in general. During school hours, there were sacrifices such as not looking out the window, and that is a tremendous one considering the 40 days of Lent and spring on its way, and maple trees budding and starlings calling, and two friendly old crows cheering the spring together. Only yesterday, too, she looked out and soldiers were going down the country road, and sacrifices and mortifications were forgotten, and the joy of watching the marchers. But in general, in the first flush of Lent, the struggle is undertaken bravely. What if during the long weeks the fervor lessens? and the work of accumulating graces was continued with many lapses, but by the effort of will. That time when will has to be brought into play is perhaps the most important of all, despite failures and the total lack of a sense of accomplishment, of growth. Fervor comes again with Holy Week. Joy comes on the day of resurrection, with all nature singing exultantly God's praises. To keep united to God through the suffering humanity of His Son, That is the aim of Lent. From our Spring Appeal, April, 1955. It isn't such great things that our Heavenly Father is asking of us after all. He is not hard on us. His yoke is easy and his burden light, because he is love. The epistles and gospels teach us so much during Lent. This morning it was the story of Naaman the leper. He was asked to do such a little thing, to wash in the Jordan to be healed, and was indignant. He would have gone away if his servant had not said, Father, if you had been asked to do some great thing, you would do it. So he was washed and was healed. It is the same with us. We don't realize what great healings of body and soul will follow prayer and fasting, and the almsgiving that goes with fasting. It seems such a little thing to ask in the face of the threat of world war, in the face of the destitution we see of mind and body and soul. Yet, if we do these things, the results will follow. We shall be saved. 
we shall have a reward and here in this life too, a hundredfold, pressed down and running over, a full measure. God is not to be outdone in generosity. There are several around the Catholic worker who are taking literally nothing but one meal a day during Lent. No coffee, no comforting bread besides. From Feast of St. Joseph, April 1962 How good it is during Lent to read the stories of God's unquestioning love for the poor. I mean, it seems as though he loved them especially for their poverty, which keeps them helpless at the gate, as Lazarus was unable to do anything for themselves. The stories of Jesus were simple and echoed those of the prophets. We are to share our bread with the hungry and take the harborless into our house. You who are fasting now in Lent, St. Gregory writes, These are the men I bid you help. Clasp the afflicted man as if he were gold. Take the sufferer into your arms as if he were your own health, the welfare of your wife and children and all your house. Men shackled by illness, men cooped in some narrow lodging place or corner, like Daniel in the den, these wait for you, the friend of the poor, to be another Habakkuk to them. Please work with us and send what you can. From On Pilgrimage, March 1951 It may seem that I am speaking lightly of these things, but these are sorrowful mysteries indeed, the mystery of sin and suffering, and how we are all members one of another, and drag each other down, or pull each other up. It is still Lent, and will be until we start getting our April issue ready for press. We are using the Lenten Missal, which Ade Bethune illustrated some years ago. Never are there more inspiring lessons than we read every day in the Old Testament and the New, the story of the widow's curse, the story of Naaman the leper, the healings of the New Testament. All these stories are as good for today as they were then, and these things are still happening on every side, and we can expect them to happen. Hope, writes St. Thomas, is that elevation of the soul by which it confidently pursues a sublime and arduous good, despising and overcoming all the obstacles encountered. The sublime and arduous good we are pursuing is to grow in the love of God and of our brothers. Do this, and ye shall live, says the Lord. From Help Wanted, April 1954 St. Joseph, this is your month, and it is also Lent. You lived like the little brothers, at hard manual labor, and you surely understood concerning the need and the poor. You were without shelter when you hunted a bed for a wife about to have a child. You must have suffered with hunger and thirst in that journey across the desert into a strange land where you are supposed to have lived seven years. We beg you to move the hearts of our readers so that when we tell them how broke we are, how high the bills are piled for groceries, for fuel, for light, they will be moved to help us by their prayers and almsgiving. From On Pilgrimage, March 1973. But here it is, Lent, and I should be fasting from wanting to be heard. So many sorrowful letters come in, and one feels one must remind those writers of the duty of delight, as Ruskin phrased it. To rejoice always, again I say, rejoice, 
the message of St. Paul, to tell them to pray for consolation, healing, light, courage, strength to endure. Prayers are always answered one way or another. Such prayers bring strange joy on occasion, even in the midst of seemingly unmitigated grief, even despair. Even in the midst of horror, one suddenly feels the touch of God's hand and knows with Julian of Norwich that somehow or another all will be well, that the worst has already happened and been repaired. From On Pilgrimage, April 1965 And now I am home again and can take up the task of correspondence and visitings and talkings at home although I hope to spend these last ten days of Lent in holy silence, a fasting from speech, which Gandhi strongly advocated. In my Lenten Missal there is a holy card bearing the note, two-thirds of piety consists in silence. Rule of St. Brendan, 483-577 to A.D. From On Pilgrimage, March, 1964 this Lenten time of the year, I have been thinking a great deal about the mystery of suffering and how it certainly does not of itself bring about faith or grow into love. At a matter of fact, the sight of suffering caused all the apostles to be overcome by fear so that they abjectly fled and hid away. It was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that made them men of courage, able to reach people and suffer with rejoicing. When you look at the faces of the young people who have just been released from prison in Albany, Georgia, after suffering practically 40 days of fast, as well as imprisonment in terribly cramped quarters, you can see the joy of spirit that is theirs. Such suffering is fruitful. Dave Dellinger said he wept when he saw them. He too shared some of their imprisonment. But they might have said with our Lord, Weep for yourselves, that we are not with them. And now these members of the Quebec Guantanamo Walk are resisting for a few weeks at Koinonia Community in Americus, Georgia. God bless them. From On Pilgrimage, May, date unspecified. One of Newman's Lenten sermons talks of our endeavors to multiply comforts and get rid of daily inconveniences and distresses of life. Cold and hunger and hard lodging humble offices, and mean appearance are considered serious evils, he writes. All things harsh and austere are carefully put aside. We shrink from the rude lap of earth and embrace of the elements, and we build ourselves houses in which the flesh may enjoy its lust and the eye its pride. Cold and hunger and hard lodging and all things that affront the senses were well known to Peter. But what of the interior senses? the memory, and the understanding, and the will. These last years we have seen all these mortified in him. Much of his memory and his understanding are gone, and his will is fixed on God. When we wake him in the morning, all we have to say is, Mass, Peter? And he is struggling and puffing and panting to get out of bed. At night it is the same for Compline and Rosary, unless we forbid him to get up and make him lie still. From the Satan Bomb, April 1954 It is given to men once to die, and then the judgment. If we say, 
any of us, that we do not fear death, which we all must look forward to as a certainty, then we are liars. But it is not death we are supposed to fear, but the judgment, and live accordingly. Lent is the time to consider these things. The most comforting prayer for those who fear is that preface in the Mass of the Dead. It is truly meet and just, right and availing unto salvation, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Holy Lord, Father Almighty, and everlasting God, through Christ our Lord, and whom the hope of a blessed resurrection hath shown upon us, that those whom the certainty of dying afflicteth may be consoled by the promise of future immortality. For unto thy faithful, O Lord, life is changed, not taken away. And the abode of this earthly sojourn being dissolved, an eternal dwelling is prepared in heaven. And therefore, with the angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the heavenly hosts, we sing a hymn to thy glory, saying without ceasing, Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Thank you for listening to A Day a Week, with new episodes out each Friday. A Day a Week podcast is a podcast of the Tradice Catholic Social Action Network an organizing hub for direct and strategic action and faithful and orthodox support of Catholic social teaching. Christ is the solution. Please reach out through the Podbean or DM me on Twitter to recommend essays of Day and Marin that you would like recorded. Thank you all, and remain in Christ's peace. Pax et Bonum.